Cloutier. Is that right? Did I say it right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I got it now. Cloutier. Cloutier. So. Yeah. <laughs> Common Desk, Deep Ellum, uh, Smiley Mafia podcast, hanging out, and uh, once again here in, in Deep Ellum, Common Desk, not a sponsor, but I am giving them a shout out because they uh, have an awesome space here, so if you're into uh, any kind of, like, if you work for yourself or you're a student or you study or whatever and you need some space to come, like, park your desk or park your laptop on a desk and you, you're just sick of Starbucks, this is the place to do it. And Common Desk actually has locations all over the Metroplex, so it's not just Deep Ellum. No, I didn't know that. And if you became a member, like these folks are out here that, are, that we're looking at, if, if uh, you became a member, then you have access to all their locations. So you don't have to come work here. You can work anywhere. And they have a location. Oh, I think they have pricing, some though. It's pretty nice. Plano and Fort Worth. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an investment. So most of these people are not just like students. Most of them are entrepreneurs that are launching some kind of business or they're yeah. working on an app and they have funding and, you know, that kind of stuff. But my buddy um, offices here. He's a graphic designer. So he kind of, uh, he was the connection and we got the spot here to set up the studio and have some fun podcasting because I've had a lot of people uh, request to be on the show and today i'm hanging out with uh my buddy joshua cloutier who is uh one of those guys who said hey man i want to come be on your show and uh, he's been listening for a while and so um we we tried a couple of different times to figure out how to hook this up and uh how to get our schedules aligned but we finally finally got it done it's a long drive between each other yeah very long (laughs) yeah because i mean this is kind of the middle right yeah, I think it is. I think this is probably, it takes about an hour. How long does it take to get to where you're at? It'd be an hour and a half without, if, if there was like no rain and no traffic, it would be an hour and a half. Oh, okay. So ooh, you're a little further out. A little, so, little bit. Yeah. Because you're what, an hour 10 or so? No. Uh, if I'm speeding and uh, there's nothing on the road, I can do it in about 45 I mean that's good. Okay. That's talking yeah. about that's eighty five miles an hour. Yeah. No clear, problem. Clear road, no yes. rain, no traffic. Yeah. It's fifty five miles. Fifty five miles from my house to actually yes, to here. It's okay. about fifty five. Fifty five miles. Okay. I'm ninety eight miles. Ooh, okay. Yeah, well, so it's it's out there. But I like being out there. Um both of my kids are out there and so I uh get to see them more, but you know, it's also kind of cool being out in the country and just, it's a different, different kind of feel to, to living. I love the country. You know, and I thought when I moved to Burleson, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I'm out here in the country. There's no one around us. Of course, at that time, it was still building up, you know. And uh, now you can't do nothing. I mean, you really can't. I mean, you can a little bit. You go like maybe a couple miles on a road and you're pretty much, you know, there's nothing there. But 
it's building up, but it's not a lot of houses. I mean, there, there are houses, but what they're building now is businesses, you know, mm. car dealerships. Shopping centers and stuff like yes. that. Yes, yeah. I don't know that I would recognize Burleson. The last time, I mean, some of the listeners probably heard me talk shit about Burleson in previous episodes. <laughs> but the last time I was in Burleson was, uh, oh my God, probably more than six years ago. There's no way. Has it been that long? Yeah. Let me think. You know, I was talking to my wife yesterday, and she goes, uh, I told her, I said, hey, don't forget, I'm going to be on a podcast tomorrow, so I'm going to be home late. You know, I might not be home on regular time. And she goes, oh, yeah, you're going to be there with Aaron. And uh, I'm like, yeah. She goes, you know, uh, the only reason why you want the church is because of that guy. And I go, what? What do you, what do you mean? And uh, apparently we, we showed up to the church. Uh, I know I, this is going way off beat, but I just wanted to say real quick. We showed up to that church just to check it out, and you were playing. Oh, yeah. And, uh, of course, you had longer hair. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had hair back then. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and so I was up there, and I was like, man, I want to do that. This is what I'm talking about. And uh, my wife said, now, she told me this. Now, I mean, I don't, you know, it's been a long time. Uh, and I'm not saying she's lying. I'm just saying, but uh, she said that uh, I looked up there and I said, I want to play guitar just like that guy, man. Hmm. I want to go up there. I want to. I just want to jam out because you know I can play guitar. It's just I, I've never performed in front of people. So then um, I think you left. I played bass for like two years with them, and then I played with a, another cover band or whatever, or something like that. And we jammed out that one time at your house. Mm-hmm. A bunch of us did. So yeah, yeah, it was cool. Very cool. Very interesting story that just kind of connected. Yeah, that's interesting because I don't, uh, I didn't know that you played after I left there. Yeah. Once I left there, I didn't uh, have any contact with anybody really. I mean, I kind of, they, they kind of. <laughs> I, I see. You know cut what? The ties, so to speak. They but. did the same thing to me, and I, I, I mean, I'm not going to say nothing bad about them. I'm just saying, uh, some things happen. Uh, not that I did. Just you know, some things happen, and. We parted ways, and I was like, all right, that, that's it. I'm doing this anymore. But I had fun. I had a great time, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but, yeah, what happened, I guess they, were, they had a guitar. Some guy came in. He played guitar. And I was like, hey, I want to play because I was, I was in the back. I was doing all the, you know, all the stuff with the computers, and I was doing lights and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Excuse me. And um, I said, I just want to get up there. And he's like, well, uh, can you play bass or anything like that? I said, you know what? Give me a week or two. I went out, bought a bass, <laughs> and I started playing, and uh, did some YouTube videos or whatever, and I said, there you go. How's that? And I said, all right, you can play. Let's go. So then I went up there, and I played bass for, like I said, a year and a half, oh, wow. two years, whatever. It's awesome. That's cool. Um, did you? How long have you been playing guitar? You know, uh, okay, to be honest, uh, I've been playing guitar for, I want to say, maybe 10 years. Uh, what am I now? Oh, man, I'm old now. Maybe 12 years. But it, it was on and off. I would play, and then I would just put it up. I just wouldn't touch it for months, you know? Yeah. And then um, I'll pick up again. And, but it's one of those kind of deals. It's like a love-hate kind of thing. My whole deal was, you know what? I just want to learn how to play. I want to learn how to play the guitar. I want to learn how to, you know, strum. I want to learn how to pick. I want to learn all, the, you know, all these things. And uh, when I got to that level, I was like, 
that's pretty cool. Awesome, I can do this. And I'm one of those guys that I get excited about stuff. And as soon as I accomplish that goal, I lose interest. Like, totally, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> it's about the challenge of it. Exactly. Like you're addicted, or not addicted, but you're chasing that challenge. Yes. Yeah. It sounds terrible. I know it doesn't no, no, sound no, terrible. It's, it's just part of who you are. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I accomplish my goal and I move on. And I go, mm-hmm. okay, I want to do something else. You know, it's kind of like I want to go visit Europe or something like that, or I want to, you know, whatever it might be. You know, hey, I went to Europe twice in the past, you know, year, year and a half, two and a half years. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. I've, I've been to Europe before. It's cool, you know. It's pretty cool. I've seen. I went to uh, uh, France and I went to the Louvre and I saw the Mona Lisa and I done all that kind of stuff, you know. Of course, my my tour there was very very short because I'm not a big guy into museums and stuff like that. So my thing was, okay, I'm gonna walk in here. I'm gonna walk <laughs> as fast as I can. I'm gonna go straight to the Mona Lisa. I'm gonna take a picture. I'm gonna go over here and then. I mean, I was running to that whole entire thing. And it's huge. If anyone's ever been here before, it's a huge place. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's that's just my personality, I guess. Which it's not bad. I don't think it's bad. It's just that. No, it's not bad at all. Yeah. It's just kind of who you are. It's yeah. Interesting. So you played the guitar. You got where you wanted to go, and then you just kind of backed off of it, or yeah, I backed off, and you know, uh, uh, this is going to sound kind of funny too. Um, I graduated high school uh, early, at the age of seventeen, and I graduated in December. This is back in 2001. And I uh, graduated high school, and uh, it's a long story, but ended up here in Texas, okay? When I was where, at, where are you from? Uh, well, military life, so I was a military brat. Okay. But I was living in California. That's where I was born. Okay. And my dad was retiring from there. He put in 26 years in Marine Corps, Ura. And, um, but after high school, uh, some things happened. And uh, I ended up moving when I was 18 to Texas. Well, I was heading to Connecticut for my family, you know, my Cloutier family, and stopped to go see my aunt in Texas, my aunt, aunt. and um, I never left. I never made it to Connecticut, never. Mm. So I stopped here, and I'm like, oh, man. Uh, she's like, why don't you find a job? So anyways, I found a job, and then she offered me a job, and, you know, I always wanted to, you know, pursue the career that I'm in now, and uh, so I, I just had to wait, and um, I started going to college, taking college classes, and it took me forever. I didn't get my bachelor's degree, my undergrad, until 2013, in December, hmm. right? In December. So December, I graduated high school in 2001. Then literally 12 years later, I get my undergrad. But that's because, you know, I made, I got my career, I was established, I was, then I, you know, a lot of things happened, you know, you slowly start going back, and um, now that I'm in grad school, uh, I'm going to be graduating this December. So it's all December. December again? December, December, <laughs> December. And, of course, this year's going to be 2019, so it's going to be six years from my undergrad. And of course, I took about four years of, of just doing nothing. So, hmm. uh, But, yeah, it's, 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 it's hilarious. It really is hilarious, hilarious. But... um. My wife always corrects me. She's like, it's not hilarious. It's not <laughs> hilarious. But, um, yeah, so I, I think that uh, I just I have to accomplish something. You know, I have a goal, and I go for it, and I'm done, and I'm happy. You know, of course, all these classes that I'm taking are a pain in the butt. Grad school is no joke. But, you know, 
I was thinking about this too. It's like, do you really have to have a college education to be successful in life? I I don't think so. It depends on what you want to do. Um, a lot of a lot of it depends on what you want to do. If you wanted to be a neuroscientist or something, then you probably couldn't really accomplish that without uh, some paper to back you up, <laughs> you know. But if you wanted to uh, design T-shirts or tennis shoes or something like that, you know, I think you just go do it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that was my that's my whole thought process now. It really is like, do I really need a degree? I mean, I'm going to get my degree. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I, I yeah, do, yeah, at this point, you're so close. Yeah, I might as well. I only have four <laughs> classes left. So, uh, it, But it, I know people that don't have degrees. N- not at all. And they are the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Yeah. The smartest. And they got good jobs. They make good money. You know? And I'm, I'm sitting here going, what did I do wrong? I got these student loans. Actually, now I don't. I, I kind of I'm paid up in full so far. But I've got four more classes. So... Um, and I'm just kind of sitting here going, hmm, okay, did I do something wrong? Or did I choose the wrong career? Or, or, or what? Am I just not smart enough? Because I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people that I do know that have their master's degrees and their grad, undergrads and all that kind of stuff. And they're not the smartest guys I've ever met. They are barely holding on. Mm-hmm. Barely holding on. You know? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's just a question that I ask myself. I don't know. But is is it my personality? Is it is it the way that I think about, you know, about meeting that goal and just going on that, that makes me do what I'm doing? Or is it something that I feel I have to do? Or is it the career choice that I, I chose? Or, or what is it? So your current degree path is going to impact your career? Yeah, overall, no. I'm pretty much maxed out. I, I mean, it's it's done what it's done, and it's given me my raise. Can we talk about what you do, or can we not? Uh, uh, we we can without talking about where. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. fine. Okay, so, um, yeah, I, I'm, I've been in law enforcement, so it'll be 13 years in June. Uh not December. <laughs> yeah, not December, unfortunately. <laughs> now, that would be funny. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so having my degree, which is going to be in criminal justice administration, uh, it, get, getting my undergrad, getting my bachelor's helped me with, you know, making more money. Not a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't get a bit of a lot of money, but it helped me a little bit, gave me a little bump. My master's degree is in, like I said, criminal justice administration, and that's going to help me possibly teach if I want to in the future. My goal is to retire, you know, after however long, 25, maybe 30. I really don't want to do 30, but 25 years, and then just teaching at some small community college and just living my life. I got my, my small little pension. It's a very, very small little pension. Uh, and then making my my minimum wage or whatever amount of money they're going to give me at some small town community college, you mm-hmm. know, and I'll be happy with that. But then again, then comes to my personality. So what am I going to do next? You know? Yeah, my you're going to have to challenge yourself with something. My wife and I were just talking about this the other day, and I said, okay, because she has her master's. She received her master's back in August. She does social work. So she got her master's of social work. And 
Uh, so proud of her. It's awesome. So uh, her and I are the first ones in our family, both families, okay, to ever have an undergrad, ever have a bachelor's degree, all right? And now we're going to be the very first to have a master's degree. Wow. So it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy on both sides. I'm talking about both sides, both parents, everything. So there's no one, no one in our family tree that has... As educated as you two. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's awesome. It is awesome. I thought so. I think it's kind of cool. But, uh, you know, when they talk about um, education and people being smart and using these huge words, right? So people that are like, they'll have a conversation with somebody and they say, oh, man, that guy's so smart. And I'm like, why is he so smart? And he's using big words like <laughs> ambiguous and, and all these other big And I'm like, no, that's, that's not what it is. Just because someone speaks, you know, and uses these words that pretty much probably 90% of the people don't understand what the heck they're saying doesn't mean that he's an intelligent person. doesn't mean he's very, very smart. Yeah. So I have, uh, you know, my wife, she uses big words, and she is smart. Uh, me, on the other hand, you know, like a lot of other people, have a reading level of what? I wonder what they say it is. It's like seventh grade or maybe eighth grade. It's something along that. I don't know what it is. Yeah, the average yeah. reading level, yeah. So talk to people like that, you know? Talk to people like, like they're average or whatever. Unless you're amongst, you know, these people that, are, that have huge brains. and they, Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's just how I think. I mean, don't I had um, I had a uh, extended family when when I was married, and there, my all my in laws were like the most highly educated people I'd ever been around. The, their their family motto was education is godliness, and so they were extremely focused on high levels of education, masters and doctors degrees, all of them. And some of them used their degrees and some of them didn't. It was just, a, you just had to have one if you were going to be seen as a successful member of that family. And the conversations that would take place during the uh, family reunions were like, it, it was always like, a, like the competition level was just to see who's smarter, like which of the siblings was the smartest. And they would just banter about things that nobody gives two shits about. But just to try to prove that this, that, you know, I'm the smartest one in the room kind of a thing. I was always just like, dude, you guys, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is this all about, man? What is, who cares? You know? Yeah. You're all the smartest people in the room when you stand, you know, like I dropped out of uh, college because I failed math six times, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was like, I just kind of like gave up, like, fuck, I don't, I don't care anymore. Yeah. So I was like uh, not even invited into the conversations half of the time. You know, it was just like I was the outsider for sure because I didn't have the uh, the education, I guess. But I don't know. I don't. I don't think that going back to your earlier question, I don't think that um, that education is is the the most important thing you can do. But I do think that if it's what you choose to do, then you should you should do it. You know what I mean? If 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 it's what you choose to do, if it's the path that, oh. <laughs> if that's the path that you're going to take, then 
you know, stick with it. And uh, I think what you're doing is is awesome, even though it's taking you. Okay, so it's a total of. Let's call it 2001. We'll say 2001. So 18. 18 years. I should be a doctor by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but with taking you, like you said, you took some time off and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I want to I want to kind of go back, okay, and uh, ask you some questions about what we what you've been talking about. If I cross anything that you can't answer, just let me know. Hey, uh, next question or whatever. All right, let's do um, it. Let's do it. But going back, okay, you you came out of California. Yeah. After mm-hmm. high school. And you stopped off in Texas, right? And uh, you were, you got a job here, and then had you always, were you always like, eventually I want to be in law enforcement, or was it something that you discovered later on? Uh, I knew around the age of, I want to say 16 or 17. Uh, my first choice was to go into the military. Okay. Because my, my father. And my uncle and all that kind of stuff. It was just, it's just like a you know a family thing, whatever. And um, were they all Marines or just your dad? Uh, my dad and my uncle were. Yep, they both were. And then my grandfather on my mother's side, I think, was in the Navy or Air Force or something like that. Yeah. So military has been it's been running in my family all this time on both sides. And uh, my grandfather on my mother's side, he he got stabbed in the chest, almost in his heart. Uh, during the war uh, in Okinawa, Japan, which is crazy because we actually lived in Okinawa, Japan. Mm. And my brother, like I said, he's in the Air Force. He's a PJ, pararescueman, Special Forces Air Force. Mm-hmm. He's going through OCS right now, which is Officer Candidate School, to become an officer. And he actually graduates the end of this month. So I'll be flying out there. I think it's Montgomery. It's somewhere in Alabama. That's where the school is. So it's really cool. It's really awesome. And, you know, after failing, I went to MEPS and all that stiff stuff. They have this thing called, uh, if anyone knows anything about it, the nuts and butts. So they call it nuts and butts. Uh, and I went through all that stuff, did the whole thing, tried twice, and they just disqualified me both times because of my history. Now, we all know that. If you have asthma, if you have flat feet or anything like that, they're going to disqualify you. They don't want people with, you know, these kinds of things in the military. My problem was I had a brain tumor when I was five. So I had a brain tumor, and then I had a VP shunt, which is I mean, it's a long story. If one knows what that is, look it up. And, um, yeah, so I, then we had a surgery about a year before I went and applied for this military thing, and it's called a third ventriculostomy, which is basically a hole that goes into your third ventricle to help with the fluid in your brain, in your head and stuff. And that's what the VP shunt was for. The VP shunt was to help move the fluid from the brain into the stomach and all that kind of stuff. I'm not a doctor, so don't take me for, you know, mm-hmm. taking quotes and all like that. But So they would, relieve, they would take the uh, shunt out of your head, to put a hole pretty much in your third ventricle, and then your body you know, and all that stuff would naturally drain this fluid, you know, into your stomach and through your ventricle and all that stuff. So you don't need the VP shunt anymore. Now, if I had a VP shunt in, then I'd be like a foreign object, and that's you know automatic disqualification. You can't have that in your body, hmm. and and the military would be like no. So that's why I got a year before. It was pretty cool, 
and uh, I went to apply, and they said, nope, you have to have uh, five years. Mm-hmm. Five years, you got to be good to go, and then you can come back, and you can apply. And I'm like, man, it sucks, but okay. So I left, and then, what do you know? A couple Were months you still of, in California at this time? Still in California. I was 17 when this happened, because you can apply at 17 with parents, you know, censured and all that stuff. But, um, and a couple months later, boom, it failed. This, this procedure failed. Scar tissue, I guess, covered over the hole. I had a real bad episode. I rushed to the hospital, all that kind of stuff. And they, they had to implant, uh, they had to put uh, a, a tube back in me and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and I've been like that ever since. So, um, I've been through a lot of surgeries growing up and, yeah, it's been pretty bad. But I'm fine. I'm alive. You know, I can still do all the normal stuff that everyone else does. I always played sports and stuff, so. Yeah. And if you looked at me, you wouldn't tell. I mean, no one can ever tell, especially not now with all this hair that I got going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it's interesting story. It's a long story. That's just yeah, the yeah, gist yeah. of it. You know what I mean? That's pretty much the gist. But yeah. it's... Uh, Interesting, very interesting to see the least. But yeah, law enforcement was definitely something I wanted to do, even if it was in the military. So you know, become an MP, uh, you know, or uh, what they call it, security forces, an air force, whatever. That's what I wanted to do. I was like, that'd be great. I do that. I can do minimum four years at least, or I can stay in for life. So that that was the mentality that I had. And of course, the military was. Sounding a lot better because you get you know pretty much almost free medical at that time if you put in twenty years. So and I would have been grandfathered in. Nowadays I know I've heard that it's kind of changed a little bit, but at that time it would have been grandfathered in and it would have been fine. So, hmm. um, yeah. So after that didn't work out, uh, you know, like two years later is when I, I moved to Texas. Actually, yes, to Texas, and uh, my whole mindset was law enforcement, law enforcement. I got to get to law enforcement somehow. How, how is this going to happen? You know, it's funny because uh, people are like, why do you want to be a cop? And I'm like, because I suck at everything else. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. but the reality of it is, is that uh, it's just something I really want to do. You know, military, law enforcement, it just, to me, it, it, it feels like it's almost hand in hand. You know, mm-hmm. one, you're, you know, you're overseas and you're, you're helping your country. Two, you're here. You know, helping your city, helping helping your state, helping you know whatever it might be. So, um, we get a bad rep, and it's it's pretty bad. It's it sucks. You know, I'm sure I'm sure you run into some people that just hate, you know, what we do mm-hmm. uh, for a living. So yeah, um, but yes, I uh, now for for twenty months, pretty much restricted not restricted duty. Excuse me. Uh, light duty due to my you know surgery that I had a couple years ago so yeah so kind of uh looking at that when you went into law enforcement you were your um you they didn't have any issues with your surgeries or anything that you'd been through you were no, no and you'd been healthy for a while I weighed 170 pounds, I believe. I was doing 72 to 75 push-ups in a minute. I was running, you know, a mile and a half in like 10 minutes or less. I mean, I was I was good to go. I mean, I, I was good shape. I, I wore size medium. Of course, people call it a sh- medium, but <laughs> no shirts. But, uh, you know, yeah, I was in pretty good shape. I was awesome. It's yeah. awesome. 
Sweet. So you, you got in. Now, how many years ago was that? You said 12 or 13? Ooh, yeah. That when I first got in, that was almost 13 years ago. Yeah. 13, 13 next month. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then, was it two or three years ago when you... It was... Uh, Actually, I think it was longer than that. I think it's been five or six. It's been six years. Some of that. Yeah. Has it really? Yeah, it's been a long wow. time. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. I, you're telling me. I, I, I'm, it blows my mind every time. So something happened there, right? I'm not uh, totally clear on the details. The details on um, on what happened with my the brain tumor thing? Yeah. Yeah. So basically what happened was um, being on the streets, okay, a lot of cops, a lot of law enforcement, a lot of security guards, a lot of whatever. They uh, they tend to eat like crap, right? Mm-hmm. We eat like crap. We really do. Don't have time to do anything, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I gained a lot of weight, gained a lot of weight, and uh, probably about 50 pounds. And my buddy and I, who I've known for a long time, he lives in Vegas now, and he's in his 60s, but we used to work together uh, when I first moved here, he was a programmer. Anyways, he um, he bet me. He said, "You know what? I bet you you can't lose fifty pounds." He asked me, "How much weight are you overweight?" I said, "I'm about fifty pounds." He goes, "I bet you can't lose it." I said, "Dude, I can lose it. I can lose this in a year. I can lose this shit in one year. I'll bet you." He goes, "Really? You want to bet me? You'll lose fifty pounds in one year?" I said, "Yes." He goes, "How much?" And I'm not a betting man. I'm not a betting man. I hate betting. I don't. I don't do any of that stuff. So my cheap ass is like, okay, one dollar. Mm. I bet you one dollar, one dollar that I can lose fifty pounds. Then you know what? Boom, just like that. I was working out like a madman. I was, I was, I was getting up there. It was crazy. I, I was running five miles a day, and that is no exaggeration. I mean, it took me some time to get there, but yeah, you know, I was running the five miles, and I lost fifty pounds in probably about, you know, eight months, seven, eight months, something like that. Lost it all. And so I went from 235 down to, what is that? I don't know, 185 or something? Something like that. 185. And I even lost another. I went down to 180. So hmm. it, 180 to 130, you know, give or take. Uh, it's about 50 pounds. So I made the goal. And I said, I made it, man. I made it. And it was a state fair this time. He goes, oh, you, all right, well, here you go, motherfucker. Here you go. And he gives me $1. Hmm. And, of course, that meant I'm like, fuck. But I felt great. You know, I made that accomplishment. I was keeping it off and doing all that, you know, you know, eating great, all that stuff. So um, I was having problems with my eyes, though. The entire time, my eyes, there was something wrong with my eyes. It was like, um, I can't even explain it even now. It was just like kind of going in and out, getting blurry a little bit, you know, in and out. And uh, I didn't know what was going on with me. I had no idea. Wasn't even thinking about brain tumor stuff, you know. And then um, I ended up having a, uh, it's kind of like a seizure. It's kind of, I'm going to call it a seizure. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is a seizure. But it's one of those ones where you, your body just stops and you are wide awake. You can see everything, but you can't move. Mm. You're not convulsing you're not doing any of that stuff you just your body just kind of goes limp and you basically are like a vegetable and uh that scared the shit out of me mm. so it never happened before never happened before wow. never yeah it happened at home and um i was like no Dude, no good thing you weren't driving or something yeah i i know Jeez. and i 
I remember that I was going through um, some stuff at work, a program. I uh, can't talk too much about it, but I had some pretty awesome uh, assignments that I was, I was working okay, at the time. And uh, just doing a lot of, you know, undercover work and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I was like, man, I got to do this. This is just like my dream. I've wanted to do this for, for years, you know. So I was doing all that. And um, one day I was at headquarters and I walked into the office and I just kind of fell against the door. Same thing happened. And I'm like, no, fuck this. I got to go to the doctor. So I talked to my sergeant, that, a buddy who's a buddy of mine, and uh, he told me, he said, hey, you're not looking good, man. You just let me know if you need help. So I walked over to his office that second, and I said, all right, you got to take me to the hospital. And I went, boom, they found out that I had a brain tumor, and, and uh, that this, they weren't sure if, sure if it was the same one or if it was a new one, or it, they think that maybe it might have been growing all these years. You know, because when I had my first one, it was like 1989, 1989, 1990, and back then, they didn't have that, that stuff that they stick in you now, that, that uh, dye. You know what to do is to see that dye in you when you're doing mm-hmm. an MRI. Yeah. And it lights up all the stuff in your body. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, uh, it was pretty awesome. But not, no, that's pretty awesome. The dye's awesome, not, not me having a tumor. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty much, I mean, that's a lot of other stuff. But I, you know, I'm not going to spend an hour yeah. <laughs> wow. talking about it. Yeah. So that, that uh, put you down for a little while, right? Because I remember you had to go to Houston, didn't you? To uh, to do your surgeries and stuff. Yeah, I went, I had to, uh, uh, they. That's a whole other story. But yeah, I got down to Houston. That's where my my doctor is, Doctor Lang. And this guy's amazing. One of the only five guys in the world that could have done this surgery. And um, he uh, is a lifesaver. This guy's amazing. Thirteen hour surgery that he did for me. You know. And uh, after everything was done, I I, I mean I was. In rehab, I was in all these kind of things for like six months, and it really sucked. But after it was all said and done, I, I tried to get back into, you know, working. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine, you know. But the mind, the brain, the human brain is a very sensitive thing, and it it's a powerful thing. You can really heal itself, and it just takes a long, long time. So uh, my body was still healing, and it's been less than a year, you know, less than a year. And they pulled me off the streets, and they go, "No, you can't do this because you can't see nothing." Yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean, my my peripheral vision's pretty much gone at this at the time. Now it's fine, you know. But at the time, and I, uh, you know, I, I didn't even know. I needed glasses. My eyesight was kind of blurry and stuff, you know. Mm. And um, the kind of work that I was doing at the time, yeah, it was it was something that was pretty serious, very very serious. And they made the right decision. Pulled me off, stuck me in a place where I'm at now, and I've been there ever since. So it, it blows, it does. But you know, I still, yeah. still a cop, still you know, qualify, still do everything that I need to do. They just don't want me on the streets, you know, because you never know. Yeah, you never know. Anything can happen. But that's where you, that's where you want to be, right? I mean, that's where where your heart was and is. Yeah. Yeah, that you know, yeah. being being a beat officer and uh, doing all that kind of stuff and interacting with people is pretty uh, interesting uh, and rewarding at the same time. Uh, the area I worked in was uh, very bad; it's very very bad. And 
I just at the time I thought I was making a difference and and I'm not going to talk bad about the people I'm not going to talk bad about the department I do have my own opinion you know but I will say that I yeah I do miss it I miss it so mm. but you know my wife she's happy she's like I'm so happy you're not out there anymore because <laughs> you know I was freaking out all the time and I was doing yeah. this and now I don't have to worry about that you know and it's fine it's fine you know I'm going to college I'm still working I'm still bringing home a paycheck, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, paying the bills. Um, I'm not going to be rich, but, uh, yeah, that's that's all great stuff. That's all good stuff. And, you know, and every now and then when I get, you know, something in my mind that I want to do, uh, I end up doing it. And then uh, so after after December comes, which will be the third December in a row with my <laughs> degrees and graduations, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think of something else to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to, you know. Yeah, and and then we'll just kind of go from there and just see what exactly it is. I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I really don't. I always want to do a backflip, but I'm too out of shape right now to be doing that. <laughs> but for real, that's a true story. That's a true story. Yeah, well, that's cool, man. I mean, I'm sure you can. There's there's way older guys doing backflips, you know. So you got. A lot of years left to try to figure out how to do a backflip. Yeah, you know, I uh, a buddy of ours had his wedding uh, was a bachelor party, and uh, we ended up going to Louisville Lake. This is probably this is probably six seven years ago. Wow, that was before. And uh, Louisville Lake, we you know we got on those pontoon boats or whatever, mm-hmm. and we're floating around, and we started trying to do backflips off of the boat. So I accomplished that. You know, I accomplished doing a backflip off of that. It was yeah. a, lot, a lot better shape too, but the uh, you know a standing backflip mm, that's probably not going to happen. Maybe yeah. a back handspring if I really tried, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, it's crazy though. It's freaking crazy. So you, without saying um, anything really too detailed, but the. Uh, The city that you work for, the place that you work for, has seen some ups and downs with their department. You know, I, I uh, to answer that question, I'm going to try to mask it, mask the answer. A lot of cities have their ups and downs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, has mine? Of course, yes. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not calling them out specifically, <laughs> yeah. and I definitely won't say any names. Uh, just kind of my my question being more... Um, but there, there's there been things that happened, yes. Uh, there's a lot of things that have happened. There's, uh, I guess, in, in in light of certain events, There's there's been... Some uh, kind of a spotlight put on the on the culture of the city and how it relates to the um, the department, you know. And I I was I guess I'll give you an example and then to kind of clarify what I'm saying because I don't want to say too much, but I, I still want to get this question out. I was doing a a, a ride along with another city, um, and we had this conversation during the, during the ride along and, and uh, it was, he was kind of the, the officer was, was more, it was addressing kind of the, um, the racial tensions and, and things like that. The tension between certain groups of people in the city and the police officers. And he was 
addressing that. He was like, it's all in the news, man. I don't, I don't experience that out here when I'm out here on the, on the streets every night. I mean, it's, it's not what it's fake news. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how he presented it. Um, and it's, is that kind of your, your feeling on it too, or you see it differently? Uh, you know, I, I, it's kind of funny. Uh, I remember, and I, I, it still happens now. Things happen a lot in in your city, you know, in any city, my, especially in the city that I'm in. And we don't even hear about it until we hear from the news. Okay, like you'll hear it on the news first before you hear it from anyone else. You're like what? So and so got arrested? What? <laughs> uh, something, yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. And you're like, well, wait a second. Don't, don't you think we should know as fellow officers that one of our own got arrested or you know, hey, we had, you know, X amount of officers get shot or whatever it might be. You know, I think that we should be the first ones. But in certain situations we are, if you're working that channel or whatever and it's going on right then and there. The issue, I believe, uh, lies not on beat officers and officers on the street. It, it, it's it, It's got to be... See, but then that just kind of tells me yeah, that kind of makes it sound really bad. <laughs> the decision is is made from someone else. You know what I mean? It's not made from, mm-hmm. you know, uh, these the, the, the officers that are running the gun in. And I, I believe that some of the information that is out there, that, that gets out there, uh, and number one, it's fake. That is not as bad as people think it is, okay? In, in in our city, okay? In our city. It's not, I don't think it's as bad. Do I think society as a whole is changing? Oh, yeah. It is it's definitely changing. Um, thought process. People, the way people think. Uh, the way that people perceive law enforcement. The way that... that um, People react. I mean, you know, people talk about, oh, the millennium's this and the millennium's that. And I, I, you know, that's a question. It really is. How do you think these people got like that, though? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm to try to twist this up just a little bit. And it's like also another subject, too. So you have these these individuals who who people are blaming, going, hey, these are the people making all the problems these are the people that have no respect these are the people that whatever it might be okay but do you think it's society that made them like that or do you think it's their parents that made them like that or their lifestyle that made them like that I think it's a combination of all of those things yeah correct yeah yeah because everything's constantly changing everything's constantly changing and um and I don't know. I it's a hard question. It's a hard yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah, there's man, there's some there's some uh questions in my brain I think that are that are maybe um uh, off off the recording <laughs> questions. <laughs> 'Cause there's some there's some really specific things that that I that I think would clarify this this topic, but I know we just we can't go there. So, 
Um, just move on to something else. <laughs> uh, well, I have so many things I can talk about, but we don't have a lot of time. I understand. That's so many things. So many yeah, things. not just not just this subject. I'm talking about like just like a lot of things that I've been thinking about. Yeah, have you ever thought about about starting your own podcast? Maybe that's your next challenge. I uh, I, I thought about it. Yes, I. And I, I think it would be awesome. I mean, I can, I can sit and I can talk about stuff all day, but uh, I don't, I don't know nothing about it. So I, you know what I mean? I know nothing about it. That's, that's my, that's my thing. It's like, you know, anyone can. I know there, you have to start somewhere. I understand that you have to start somewhere. I just think that. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would if I had people help me or tell me. You know what I mean? I think that would be awesome, but. Uh, it would give me a hobby. That would be a really awesome hobby to do. Yeah, because yeah. this is having a podcast is a lot of fun for one, but it's really cathartic at, at times. Whenever I, I can like just sit in my little loft and and uh, and get my thoughts out, and then listen listen back to them. Like I don't listen back to every episode, but there are definitely episodes that I listen back to, and I'm like, I'm like, oh man, that. That what I was thinking at the time, or what I was talking about at the time, resonates back with myself again. Now that I'm listening to it, you know what I mean. And I can kind of like stew on those same things and kind of like, like, it's just cathartic. It's like a like a self therapy kind of thing. It's really it's it's really fun um, having one and then being able to like just um, connect with people and stuff. I mean, I've enjoyed this conversation that you and I are having, and I mean, almost fifty minutes has passed since I hit record. And it feels like six minutes has passed. It feels like six minutes. Yeah, yeah. we just started talking. And it's like, dude, we uh, we we definitely have to do this again. I, you I, know, there's there's a lot more ground to cover. We we barely got started. Oh, uh, this, is not, this is nothing. Yeah, yeah. And this is just one subject. I mean, I, trust me. Yeah, I mean, I so many things, but and it's crazy. I mean, so many things. But uh, I, I, maybe maybe that is maybe that's something that I need to do to get my what do you call it outsource my my thoughts and feelings and stuff. I don't, I don't I don't know. Maybe I mean it sounds sounds like a cool idea. You know, it sounds awesome. It really does. It's just putting in the time and effort and the money. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, after after school and stuff, like yeah. you're talking about what your next thing is going to be. Yeah. Um, it's something that I think you should think about it. I mean. You you have a an interesting delivery, your your storytelling and your I mean I've been very captivated just by the sound of your voice is is very intriguing as well. So I mean I think if you had something that you were that you were producing yourself and putting out there, I would listen to it for sure. Yeah, you know I would be like, okay, what's Joshua going to talk about next? You know. <laughs> um, Oh, you don't want to know all the things I'm talking about. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> You're like, all right, I got to turn that one off. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of going back to your your uh, your story there. So, you um, where does where do you where does your wife come in? Is that after you become an officer and you're already working? You know, I, so I was married before. Uh, I had uh, my first wife. I got married when I was 21, and she was in the military. There, she, there was that military thing again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, did not last very long, obviously. She was 19. I was 21. It, it just, it, it, 
it just doesn't work. And I've noticed this a lot is individuals who are in law enforcement, first of all, the divorce rate is so high, it's ridiculous for law enforcement officers. And same thing with military. Yeah. Okay. And then same thing with interracial couples. You know, my ex-wife was uh, Bolivian. And so, uh, and I'm a white guy, <laughs> in case you can't tell my voice. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, so, yes, I, 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 the odds were against us, but we still tried it out, and it just didn't work. It did not work. It was, it was terrible. And um, then my wife and I, who my wife now, got married when I was 25 or 26. Oh, maybe I was older than that. I was 28. I don't know. I forget. But it was uh, seven years ago, a little over seven years ago. And um, the shoot, we got together a little after I got on the department. Yeah. So I was on the department for, I think, two years. No, I was on the department for, I think, two years before her and I met. And it was a blind date from a sergeant friend of mine. Hmm. Yeah, his wife. This is a cool story. Uh, I know you hate these stories I'm telling you, but <laughs> but the uh, yeah, his wife uh, worked with my wife uh, at a dance studio. My, my wife had taught dance for, I don't know, 16 years or something like that, 15 years, for a long time. And we, uh, we met on a blind date at a Buffalo Wild Wings. So, wow. yeah, that's how we met. And this is, you know, pre- my surgeries is, uh, you know, all that stuff. So she knew me before all this, you know, and, uh, we got married two and a half years after we met. And then a year after we got married is when I had my surgery. So she'd known me for three and a half years. It's not the longest time, but you know, it's long enough. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, she was there by my side the entire time. And, and, uh, you know, uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I am the hardest person to live with, and I mean the hardest. <laughs> I am a pain in the butt. I really am. And uh, she deserves more respect than I give her. Uh, or more, I guess, is that the word? Does that sound terrible? More credit, maybe? More or praise? More praise. There you go. Yeah, that sounds better. More praise than I give her. And so, uh, yeah, so she was there. I mean, she, she was, but she knew me after. I had only already been on the department for a couple of years. So uh, I, I believe that that is the way people should meet. And I'm not saying it happens for every couple. But if somebody wants to marry into law enforcement or marry into military or something like that, because in reality it changes you. It changes you as a person. And I'm not saying it changes you into a bad person. I'm just saying that it changes you into somebody different. It opens your eyes. It really does. Mm-hmm. You know, before and after, I'm, I'm a totally different person. I mean, nowadays, uh, I look at things, especially right after. I mean, once you've been on for a couple of years, let's say four years, four or five years, and you've, you've worked some pretty bad areas, you, your eyes are just open to everything, and you've seen a lot of shit, okay? And you've dealt with a lot of shit, and... You you look at the world a different way. You look at people a different way. And when you work the streets, you you tend to have this, I don't want to say cockiness to you, but it's kind of a, 
or not even an attitude because everyone thinks you know that we're assholes you guys are a bunch of assholes and and you know you guys you know no one likes you and that's why and Mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's more of like um i don't know what the word is i can't even think of the word see there's those big words that people use like Mm -hmm. right now they'll just throw those in there and make it sound really good (laughs) but (laughs) you know what i mean but no i that's that I just, so to, to hurry this up, I just I'm saying that I believe that when somebody marries into that or or gets to know somebody after they've already been in, they're marrying that person, they're marrying that asshole or whatever. You know, it's not like oh hey, I'll let me marry you, and then you join the department and you turn into a totally different person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then now I got to deal with this person. Now that I, I that that that's what makes it so hard for people. It makes it really hard. So, do you think the biggest change for a person going into law enforcement happens at the beginning, or is it, is it a gradual change? And you just keep you keep going down that path. The longer you're in the in the on the force, the the further off you go down that path. Or is it just like that initial first couple of years of being having your mind blown by what you're dealing with and what you're seeing and what you're hearing every day that it's like a, it'll shock the system and then, you know, you're just, that's just who you are for the rest of the time. But does that make sense? Does my question make sense? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand. I, from my perspective and from a lot of people that I know, okay, the, the first couple years that you're in, I'd say probably three to four, three to five, something like that. If, you know, by about 40 years, you, you know what you're doing. You are... You are the shit. You know what you're doing. You got your stuff down. If if you really care about the job, and if this is something that you uh, want, it's not one of these jobs that you just get because you want a paycheck. If it's like, oh, this is this is the shit. This is the job that I want. This is what I'm gonna do. If you're one of those kind of people, um, your first few years you were just full of piss and vinegar, and you're out there and you're trying to learn a job. Okay. You're trying to do everything you can uh, to protect and serve and run and gun and all these kinds of things. And after you learn the process, after you learn these um, these traits and these skills and all that kind of stuff to do what you're supposed to do, then you start realizing, okay, so this is how it goes. This is how... Once again, if I say this and it sounds terrible, but you start realizing that your calls that you go to, all right, there's a lot of them that are very similar. I mean, you go to a lot of calls that are just very similar. Now, this is based on where you work at, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I can only speak for where I work at. These calls, they're, they're very similar. And, and what happens is, you you fall into a bad situation every now and then, but you never know what's going to happen. And I've had some pretty bad, pretty bad instances. Incidences? Did I say it right? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, I mean, really bad deals. And, you know, a lot of people have a lot worse than I do. But... Uh, not only that, but but when you get to that certain year, you know what you're doing. You know how to do it. You can go answer any call, okay? And everything's not as exciting as it used to be. Now, 
there are that very few, maybe 5%, that they, they'll stay in patrol for 20-plus years, and they love it. But that's rare. That is so rare. People are like, hey, five to ten years, I'm done. I'm going to find me a, a spot in a bureau or something like that. I'm going to go, you know, work uh, homicide or I'm going to go work child abuse or I'm going to go, you know, whatever it might be. They want to go out the streets. And then also you start realizing that um, the problems, most of the problems that you're having might not be just the people that you deal with on a daily basis. Maybe it's the people you're working with. You see what I mean? Yeah. Not saying that they're bad people, just saying that there's a lot of problems you're having with them and supervisors and stuff like that. So to answer your question, uh, I, I think that it's a little bit of both. I think that your attitude is, is, is different in the beginning, you know? And then once you hit a certain time, it just kind of gets to this point to where you, you, you make it your own. You, you know, when you get to a certain point, you're like, okay, am I going to do 20 plus and get my pension if we have one? Or am I not? So yeah. th- that's 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 what I think. That's how I look at it. Hmm. Makes sense. But, yeah, there's. I mean, even in my in my line of work, and I'm. I mean, as a security officer, I. I'm 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 like. A micro percentage of the of the things that I experience are. are comparable but you know i get uh the the opportunity to run radar and pull people over and you know write speeding tickets and stuff like that and go to appeals hearings and you know it's like the place i work is like a little city it functions like a little city and we have our things that that we have to do and you know there's um there's there's like still there's no traffic stop that I that I make that I'm not my adrenaline's not pumping a little bit that I'm not like you know people I run into are like is that a are you wearing a vest like yeah you know and they're like do you think we're that kind of people here you know I don't know who you are (laughs) I'm like yeah dude it's not about who I think you are it's who I don't know it's that I don't know who you are and I don't know if if I'm issuing a speeding ticket to somebody who's at the edge of financial ruin or, or their wife left them last night when they had that, if one more thing happens, I'm going to fucking go off and now I'm pulling them over to issue them a speeding ticket. And, you know, so it's just those, it's those things are like constantly on my mind and I always try to be aware of, that that's that could be that one that that like maybe and it may never happen i may never ever find myself in that in a situation but i always want to be aware and like ready for it if it does happen you know it's funny you say that because number one family violence is like the number one problem that we have i mean because anything can happen and number two it's a true story i'm going to tell the story i'm just going to tell you you know um Yes, you need you need to stay vigilant. You need to be active. You need to be, you know, really like okay, keyed in the entire time because what's going to happen is and it's happened to me and it happens to a lot of officers, you know. You just get complacent. Yeah. And as soon as you hit that complacent part, that complacency, that's when it shit happens. And it's happened to me. And it's not good. 
at all. You know, it's not good. It's not good at all. It's really bad. And you you get pissed off. You're like, holy shit, I've been doing this for five plus years. And all of a sudden I go to this random call, you know, and you think nothing of it. You're like, I've answered this these calls hundreds and hundreds of times. And then you get to this house and you walk in and everything's different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's something you've never dealt with before. But it's the same call. It's 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 a you know, family disturbance. It's a whatever it might be, you know. And the comments might just be, Hey, you know, husband is irate and blah 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 whatever but you get there you're like okay not a big deal let's go over there let's go talk, talk to him talk to her find out what's going on no that's not what happens next you know you're you know you're throwing down or you know someone's got a gun or whatever it might be yeah so yes that what you're doing now that's what you should always do and people will tell you that and no matter how many times they tell you it's it's not going to register it's just not for i mean it happens to everyone it always happens. Yeah, I kind of sometimes I feel like I'm the uh, the community that I that I work in almost is is a disadvantage to that vigilance mentally because it's such a a unique kind of group of people. Whereas when I've been in communities that were high crime, I was. I mean, exhausted at the end of my shift because I was I was keyed into every component of my body, feeling, watching, listening, waiting, you know, looking at everything, trying to take it all in and, and just being aware. And it happened, got in several situations there that I was like, man, I'm glad I was paying attention. And one time where I wasn't paying attention, and then you're right, I got super pissed off. And I had to go behind a building and, and take a piss because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be in my pants, man. You know? And so there was like, it, it, I think there's, um, I have to, I have to mentally like prepare myself and keep myself ramped up with it. Cause even in, even some of my, my, uh, coworkers are like, dude, the only thing you're going to see here is maybe a stray dog maybe you might run across a snake. And I'm like, you never know, dude. You never know. And I'm I'm the only patrol officer we have in, in our community. The other guys just work the gate. So they're like, they don't have that sense of having to be out there interacting and, and watching and you know what I mean? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know how, how they uh, do it where you're at. I really don't. I don't know the process. I don't know. I'm assuming it's a, a community, a gated community, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, well, just when I hear one man, when I hear it's only one man, it, that bothers me. That really does because most apartments, almost all apartments, almost they're you know if you go to a disturbance call, you know, they're, they're especially family violence. It's going to be mandatory too, man. You have to have somebody there with you because no one's Superman. You're not going to be able to go out there and right. I would. Yeah, I've thought about that myself, and I, uh, and I would be much more comfortable uh, if you if I if there was a, a two man situation. The way they the way they view it there, I think, is is that you technically you are a two man because there's one guy up at the gate, but he's locked down. I mean, he's not coming to help. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, from 
the night, because I, I do daytime patrol, there's a nighttime patrol guy, and he, he's been there longer than I have, and he said, like, there's been times where he's called on the radio, called for help, and they go, yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, and so we're not, we're not dealing with, uh, when, when we're in that situation, we're not dealing with people who understand what we're going through. Our, our guys, our backup, our guys on the, on the bench are like 80 years old, 60 years old, you know, they're not. So it's kind of a weird situation. That's a, another reason why I'm always like, dude, I got to be at the top of my game. Yeah, you know, you that's why I'm, I'm starting to work out more and I'm trying to lose weight and I'm like, I got to be, you know, cause it's, it's really up to me at this point. There's, there's nobody to call for help. It's me. Yeah, that's crazy. See that? That's, we have mm. over 500 homes, so there's, you know, about 1,800 people that live there. That's a small little city. We, we have our own, our own uh, utilities and our own church and our own restaurant and our own... Really? Yeah, it's, all, it's like a little small little city. Its own restaurant and church? Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. No, mm. I didn't... <laughs> yeah, so... And and in that area, I mean, you're talking about 1,800 people. That's that's the, the size of a lot of the little towns out there that are covered under the the uh, county. So, you know, our our default backup is the county. And so, when when something happens that I can't handle or feel like I'm not capable of, I got to call the county. But then you're talking about how many minutes? Oh yeah. Am oh. I going to be on my own? You know. So I really kind of keep myself in that always ready kind of mode you know that's 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 what's really sad too is that almost every city that i know of well there's a lot of cities now response times for law enforcement officers are ridiculous it's not just one city it's it's several cities even even where you know where we live before the place you hate you know uh burleson that's (laughs) the response time there um there has been a couple calls that people have made and they've taken like 25 30 minutes and it's like what you know, it's not a big city. Well, it's, I mean, it's gotten bigger, but still. And um, response times is a problem. And if you have that many people, I, I just... Do they not have the, the funds? Is that what the problem is? They don't have the funds to pay you guys? There's just... I think it's a deal of... It's one of those deals where something's going to have to happen for something to happen. You know what I mean? That's it's It's one of those, like, nothing's ever happened here, so why would we... We have people asking, like, why they even need us at all, you know? And so we're, uh, you know, we're, we're there to, to do a job, and, and uh, some people don't understand it. Some people don't like it. A lot of people love it. But, you know, we get the, a lot of those questions. Like, you know, I, I um, when I started there, they, they didn't have, they didn't use body cams or, or uh, dash cams until I started there. And I, and I just brought my own. I brought my GoPro camera from from home and strapped it to my chest. Heck yeah. And they were like, "What are you are that are you serious? You're wearing a camera?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm wearing a camera." And then it came into play one time because somebody made a complaint about a stop that I made, and I was like, "No, that's not how it went at all. I have it on camera." And I showed the I showed them the the video and they were like, "This is amazing. We want this for all of our officers." And so they made it a mandatory thing and they bought us all cameras. Bingo. But I was like, it's one of those things. Something had to happen for something to happen. That's how. That's know? how it always happens. Yeah, that's how it always happens. Which, unfortunately, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna be. I'm, it's gonna take me getting my ass kicked. <laughs> it 
will. It, it <laughs> Before is. something can change, you know. You know, it's it's sad if you know you know this if you know the towns around here, uh, you know things do happen. People do get killed. People, you know, situations go awry, and that's when they you know take their little pens out and they go, okay. Like, do you think you don't have drug abusers? In your gated community? Of course they do. You think you don't have people uh, that are running crime out of their house or people that are beating their wives or their children? You know, you think you don't have that stuff here? Just because you don't hear about it doesn't mean it's not here. I mean, and it's only a matter of time before one of us runs across a situation. Yeah, exactly. It's going to happen. You might find out that someone's got freaking kids buried in a freaking cellar for 10 years. You know what I mean? That stuff happens all the time. Yeah, I'm like... Especially with a, with a community that large, you know, the, the, the odds that there's some wild shit happening under <laughs> un, <laughs> and behind those doors, you know what I mean? You mean illegal, illegal wild things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. If it's legal, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm only there for the illegal stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's really sad. But in today's day and age, you know, we don't get um, we don't get enough uh, praise for what we do, you know. And I talked to my dad about this. Like I said, my, my father, he 26 years in the Marine Corps, and then he did another 10 as a civilian, so he had a GS job, and doing the same thing. He, I asked him, I said, why is it that People love military. They love the military, but they hate hate cops. They hate police. They hate law enforcement. They hate, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why is that? I don't understand. He goes, well, do you remember, you know, back in the old day, you know, when they came back from war, people didn't like them. Yeah, that's true. Spit on them, you know, yeah. call them baby killers. Right. And all this kind of stuff. And he goes, you know, it's it's a circle. It's going to, what happens is it's just going to circulate. So... Right now, they're you know they're loving military, hating police, but it's going to circle around, and it's it's just this big circle, and it's just the way that society is, and how people, you know, act and and, and change their mind, and, and all these kind of things. So I'm like, man, I just hope it happens, you know, sometime soon. I mean, but well, the news didn't hasn't helped at all in the last few years, and we could talk about why but i don't think we should <laughs> and how all that played out but you know you can you can pinpoint um some moments in time that hit the news cycle and certain uh high profile people picking sides and then uh it it's it's just been a battle ever since i think that really started to shift the culture uh or the mentality and the feelings toward um toward law enforcement and then you have like these different movements come out, you know, with certain uh, certain names, and then you had to. I mean, do we have to have a group called Back the Blue? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't everybody uh, support the the our police officers? But no, we have to have certain groups to claim that well, you're what side you're on. Well, it's because you know there's so I mean? many other groups that have names that right. You know, it's just exactly, and so it's it's just like I I think. Um, I think there are, in reality, a larger amount of people that do support um, and love police officers uh, than, and those people, they don't make the news. They don't make the news cycle at all. But, you know, 
the um, the amount of hatred that I have experienced in my job has been uh, mostly from the from the lower uh, the high not lower the higher crime areas. Yeah, you know. But to me, it's like, do you hate me because of my job or because I'm doing my job? You know what I mean? You just don't like me because you're get, you're getting caught, you're getting busted, you're getting in trouble, and so yeah, that, that gets into a lot of uh, a lot of tricky questions and a lot of it, tricky answers. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know exactly. I know what you mean. You know, like I said, this will be something we will talk about off air, but um, yeah, it's very uh, it's a very um, sticky situation, and you know, depending on on what you believe is. It can go one way or the other, but law enforcement is it, it, overall, you know, it, there's just like anything else. You can't judge a whole by a few, you know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, you can't say just because this guy's a total jackass that everyone else that does his job or whatever is a jackass. And that goes for any job. Any job, right. You know, you just can't do that. But there's some jackass chefs. Yes, you know that it's like, dude. I don't. I wouldn't uh, eat that guy's food, no matter how good it is, just because he's a jackass. No, um, but that isn't. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go to any restaurant anymore <laughs> and not eat any food anymore. You know, well, no, I make my own food from now on. I don't know. I got sick at Wendy's about 11 years ago, and I've never been back. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true story. That's true story. Yes, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I mean, law enforcement, a good to go it's been good for me um no matter where i'm at now that's fine you know um education you know i it's not something that we all need i don't think so but it's something that i need because you know i have these little tiny uh you know little goals that i have to accomplish in order to move on so have you always been like that like since time you were a little kid were you always goal-oriented like that, dr- driven to to the challenge. I, if it's something that I really wanted to do, yes. So growing up, you know, I'd get a small allowance, very very small. And uh, my dad had a program that you know, if you ever cussed or you didn't do your job or whatever it was, he, he would take twenty five cents away. He would take a quarter away of our allowance. Okay. So I don't even know what our allowance was five dollars a month or ten dollars a month, something like that, something low. Okay. But you start taking a quarter away every time you forget to do something. Guess what? You have pretty much nothing, right? <laughs> so my brother was the kind of guy that he would spend all of his money. Every time he got his, you know, his allowance, whatever it was left, $5, $3, he'd go and he'd blow it. It's gone. Me, I was the kind of guy that I would have that. I would be like, all right, I got Nintendo 64 now uh, or, you know, NES or whatever. I want to get that video game. Certain video game I really, really want. And I would be the one that would save up and save up. And, you know, games back then were, what, like 60 bucks in the 90s? I don't even know. Man, it was expensive. But, uh, yeah, so I would be the one that would save up. So I think that I've always had the mentality of if I want something, I'm just going to work towards it, work towards work towards it, and then, boom, I'd get it. But then I'd move on. I'd get something else, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I don't. It sounds it sounds kind of bad whenever when I think about it because it's like okay well then that must mean that's how you you know you are towards people or whatever but it, it, that's not it's not to me it's not the same thing it's like a you know 
you know, it's not like a, a marriage or a friendship or anything like that. Like, oh, let me become friends of this person, friends of this person, or let me get married to this person, and then you just lose interest. It's not what it is. Man, I keep in this thing. It's more of a, I think it's more of a, something that I do for myself. If I can accomplish something or see something or do something, then I know that I myself have accomplished that, and then I go on from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like another check on my my, my little passport or my little check on my yeah 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 list, which is awesome. Yeah, man. Well, dude, I think we've said it all. We have. I, I think, think we have a little bit of something, a little bit of nothing. We've said plenty. <laughs> we've said it all. Um, but yeah, dude, thanks for coming down. Anytime. And uh, and hanging. We have to do this again for sure. I want to. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, have you come out? Come out east. I want to. I want to come out there. Yeah, like and, a full day. Tri- <laughs> it's like <laughs> take you three days to get there, but it will. And then maybe, uh, maybe a couple months, you can uh, show me, you know, how this all works and stuff. And you know, if uh, after the summer, after summer, because summer's gonna be very busy for me. But you know, just show me what you do here. I, I mean, I like it. I love it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. You know. Yeah, man. Anyway, man. Thank you. Thank you. Aaron. It's been Appreciate awesome. It. Yes, yes, sir. Aaron. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. Have a good one. <laughs>